0: podcast family, welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. My name is Kanji. I'm Tara. And we want to thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Before we jump in and dive in to a discussion on finding joy in our journey, the motherhood journey, I wanted to take a couple of minutes just to check in. Tara, this season has kind of gone on really quickly and you and I haven't really had the time to connect like we have in the last couple of years and to connect with each other and to connect with our audiences. So wanted to take a step back and just say, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm good. So tell us some of the things that are going on with you. We know that you graduated in December of 2021. Correct. You got your MBA. Yes. You got a promotion at your job. In January 22. That's right. Okay. And what else has been going on with you?
1: Oh, a lot of of work, a lot of momming, a lot of kids stuff. But... Very cool story that you'll enjoy. Obviously, I actually just recently traveled sort of for the first time business travel last week. Was this your first business trip since COVID? COVID, yes.
0: So in two years, this was your first business trip. Yes, it's my
1: first business trip in two years. And where did you go? Uh, Went to Orlando for a big conference uh, for a banking vendor, a big technology banking vendor. The one we get, we typically would go and we just hadn't been in a few years. And so we went to that in Orlando and we had a really good time And I had a big fangirl moment because... Wait, was Zac Efron there? Oh, God, no. (laughs) That would have been embarrassing, too. But um, they had booked for the celebrity keynote Leslie Odom Jr.
0: Oh, my goodness. I know. And we know what a huge Hamilton fan yes. you are.
1: I'm a big Leslie Odom Jr. fan, too. Facts. Facts. Like, I loved him in Smash. I I mean, I've loved him in everything I've seen. I loved him in One Night in Miami. I'm mm-hmm. a big Leslie Odom Jr. fan in general. And you got to hear him speak. I did. He did, like, a, a one-on-one interview with um, the hostess they had for the event. So they kind of sat down and did sort of a Q&A It wasn't very formal. It was kind of nice, right? And they did a little Q&A. And then, Kanji, he sang two songs. Directly to you. Basically. (laughs) I mean, he was looking right at me, for real. And I was only a few steps away from, like, a few chairs away from, like, the steps to the stage. And I had warned my coworker I was with, like, listen... I'm I'm not going to get arrested. I promise I won't. But just know I'm going to be bouncing in my seat. It's going to be really embarrassing. She was she was a great sport about it. She did a great she, sport about it.
0: Did she know who he is? She did not. And I'm wondering why Leslie Odom Jr. because when you think about banking and vendors, uh-huh. that doesn't necessarily scream to me Hamilton fans or <laughs> right. Leslie Odom Jr. fans um, stands or
1: anything like that. Is that true? It is true. Um, I, I there were other people there that knew who he was and were some Hamilton fans. But I definitely felt like there was fewer of us than that knew who he was and knew about Hamilton and were really into it than most of the crowd. Absolutely. <laughs> and this conference so last year, when it was virtual, they had John Legend. Yes. Remember? I,
0: I remember that mm-hmm. you screenshot you listening to John Legend and sent it to me. Yes. I was like, how is this that all <laughs> of the
1: conferences you go to yes. have these amazing headliners that I would want to hear and see? <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's a pretty big organization. So obviously, they've got some deep pockets. But I think it was pretty obvious and it had like the year before when I went in person in 19, it was Marcus Samuelson, who is a sh- you know famous chef for like his African cooking. He's Swedish, too. And so, you know, he was really good as well.
0: Yeah, he's Swedish, but he's of African descent. That's
1: right. It's very obvious that they try to bring a more diverse guest to the show and kind of, you know, spotlight somebody that not only is maybe big in pop culture, but brings a different dynamic, a different culture to the the event. And then this year, it was pretty obvious that they also put a lot of women in front of us, Mm. like their new president is female, and she had a really great speech. The host was an African American woman who's like a news anchor down there in Florida. So you can tell they just really, I think they really try hard to make it a diverse panel of faces that you see for the show so that it's representative and inclusive in everything that they do. Right.
0: You know, and I do this work for a living as you know, I am a diversity, equity and inclusion practitioner and I and I lead the practice group at a a company that's headquartered in the Bay Area in Palo Alto, California. And a lot of what I do, I said, you know what, we just have to be intentional. Right. We really have to start to intentionally look and see like who we're hiring, who we're promoting, and start to see if we can identify any blind spots mm-hmm. and maybe preventing either women or people of color or people from marginalized communities from advancing at the rates that historically, traditionally, white males um, have been advancing in companies in America. Mm-hmm. And I often say this, and this is a shout out to Leslie Odom Jr. and Lynn manuel <laughs> Miranda. What we need to do is to make sure that All of us are in the room where
1: it happens. Yes.
0: And the fact that you got to be in the room where it happened, girl,
1: (laughs) I die. die. I'm dead. I'll tell you my favorite part, just so you can really laugh at me because it was very embarrassing, is he sang Dear Theodosia, Mm -hmm. which in the show obviously is a duet with Lin-Manuel Miranda. And when he stopped... At the part where usually Lynn manuel starts singing and the music just kept going for a few minutes, he kind of put his hand out and went, ladies and gentlemen, Lynn manuel Miranda, I hopped up off my seat a little bit, in like a huge gasp. And then he goes, I'm just kidding, guys. Could y'all imagine? I was so embarrassed. Could you imagine? No. <laughs> there would have been no
0: stopping you. No stopping me. Arrested. I, oh, yeah. That, Your coworker. I, and yes. I know her. She would have been like, I, y'all take her. Yes, take
1: she Tara away. I don't have the bail money for her. She's <laughs> she's going to have to learn her lesson.
0: <laughs> but you got real excited for just a hot minute. And then the joy kind of just dissipated. I was a little deflated. Yes. It, you know, And it happens because we are not going to have experiences of joy in everything that we do. And that is so true for our motherhood journeys, Tara.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is.
0: And we're giggling a little bit because you and I have had some conversations and some text messages the last few weeks, which is basis for our conversation today. Mm -hmm. Wanted to talk about how we find joy in the motherhood journey because I think for a lot of us becoming moms Becoming parents, it is an opportunity for us to kind of live our dreams. Some of us have envisioned motherhood for many, many years before it really happened Mm -hmm. and, and some not. For me, I will share with you that that was something I became a mom when I was in my early 30s, but it was something that I knew I'd wanted since I was a late teenager. And so when it finally happened, I kind of also had expectations around what it was supposed to be, how I was supposed to feel. And those feelings have ebbed and flowed. (laughs) (laughs) Expectations will get you. Yeah, Yeah. over the years. And there have been moments where I have felt like this is not sparking joy in my life. There have been days. There have been weeks. There have been months. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious and I wanted to take a moment just to have this conversation with you. And hopefully some of the things that we're discussing resonate with our listeners. It's like, how is it that we can find the joy in the journey, right, mm-hmm. yeah. and you just mentioned expectations, right, mm-hmm. Yes. And how that can kind of be a, a, a killer. Tell me a little bit more. Tell me more of that, about that's, that.
1: That's, I mean, that's probably for me the biggest tool I have, and that's not just in motherhood; that's in my life generally, but specifically in motherhood. When we were discussing this topic, and I was thinking about it, one of the ways that I find I often Uh, rob joy from the moments with my son is when I have those expectations or when I project onto him like this um, idea or ownership of him being an extension of me somehow so that when his failures become my failures, it, it can really rob the joy from the situation and I end up getting frustrated with him because I'm making it about me and and I'm putting my expectations on him and so one of the ways that I often kind of step back and remind myself of what I love about being his mom is that he is his own person out here in the world and I love watching him grow and learn new things and figure out who he is and not who I think he should be I love that and when I find myself You know, tripping into those resentments and those expectations, I know I'm sort of headed the wrong way. So one of the ways I kind of come back to loving my motherhood journey is just reminding myself that I get to watch this person grow up and become his own thing. So often we think
0: about kids as extensions of ourselves. You just touched on that and um, either a way to continue our legacy or to correct Right. Our missteps. Yes. So I think for me, and, and, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about in real time, you know, right now I have a middle schooler and what is heavy on my mind and heavy on my heart is what's going to happen post high school, mm, you know, yeah. and I'm looking and I am saying and Thinking like where I was at this point in my life. Like, oh, when I was this age, these are all of the things that I was doing. And because you are an extension of me or a reflection of me, these are all of the things that you should be doing at this point as well. Right. And when it doesn't line up, that gives me a little bit of angst. And it also just makes me feel defeated. Kind of like, am I not doing my job as a mother to this child? Right. Right. You know, does
1: that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I I mean, that's exactly what I was. Saying and I and I've been there. I think especially when he was younger, I I mean I turned myself inside out for a little while, and I was doing it in a way of like trying to get him the things I didn't have and make him have experiences I didn't have because I thought well because those are the experiences I wanted, yeah. you know. And I had to have this big had of this big come to moment about. You know, he may not need that. He may not want those experiences. And all I was doing was, you know, making us mad at each other all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so hard.
0: I think for me, one of the things, there's a couple of components here, mm. right? First, I get upset when he doesn't behave the way that I expect him to, yes. which is either the way that I... I behaved in that situation
1: mm-hmm.
0: or the way that I think he should behave in a situation. Yes. Right? That just leads to so many power struggles in our household. Yes. And secondly, I guess I don't feel the joy at this point because there is so much fear. Yeah. There is fear of having my heart that's walking around this little person who is developing independence and I'm not able to be around as much because I'm starting to loosen the guardrails mm. but I'm just afraid of whether or not this person is going to be a successful adult whatever that looks like mm. and because of my fear of what's going to happen 5 7 40 years down the road <laughs> I'm not really present and enjoying this moment right now
1: yes i'm, I'm <laughs> over here you can not you guys can't see me podcast family but I'm nodding furiously at everything kanji says The fear is so hard. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, what I have to remind myself is that I don't own or control him. And that I could do everything exactly the way I think I'm supposed to. And he's still going to be out here doing whatever he wants. I just don't have any. There's nothing that I can do to really affect the choices he's going to make in the world. Now, can I answer questions and, and provide him with information? Absolutely. I can talk to him blue in the face about what the good choices are, and he's still going to go out there and could possibly make some bad ones. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think sometimes I just have to remind myself, especially when I get really caught, because I'm sure you have experiences like that, and I think middle school is like a big morass of fear. There's just so much going on at this age Yeah. that... um I have to just continually remind myself, like, I survived a lot worse. Mm -hmm. He's got to make these choices for himself. It's the only way he's going to grow. I'm not in charge of that. It's it's hard.
0: Yeah. And for me, like, I'm thinking... I'm trying to set this child up for success, but it's what I think it looks like. And again, it might look like this traditional, you go to college for four years, you go and get this type of job, you get married, you have X amount of children. This is what I want for you. And if this doesn't happen to you, Mm. you're going to be miserable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the only path (laughs) to happiness, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm
0: trying to say, but it also might not be Mm -hmm. the case Mm -hmm. but what that means is there's a lot of retraining of my brain that Mm -hmm. has to happen right and like for me i have to start to say like oh it may be okay if he doesn't go to xyz college it may be okay if he doesn't make these same choices that i made or the choices that i would like for him to make yes and that's where i'm having a real hard time tara
1: right now oh yeah yeah i can see that i think you and i've had some of these conversations before and um and I know you struggle with that because you definitely have in your mind a certain path that makes sense for him and I'm <laughs> <laughs> and he is not on it currently <laughs> you are so gentle with my feelings
0: <laughs> I love it I think it's pretty normal <laughs> you think because <laughs> you just did it girl <laughs> you really need to just let that go
1: is what you want to say. I really do. But I know you can't tell somebody that. (laughs) But you could. I mean, I could, but it won't make you do it. Because that's what we need. Like,
0: so, so many times we kind of surround ourselves with people who say exactly what we want them to. Mm -hmm. But there is such beauty in having a friend, which is one of the things I love most about you, (laughs) who will just look and say, Nah, girl.
1: <laughs> nah, girl.
0: <laughs> it's like you could surround yourself with all the hype men and yes people, yes. but at some point you really just need someone to look you in the face and say, mm, "No, you're just not in charge, Conch. Sorry, that is not his path. It's
1: not. It's
0: not. It's like that is not his destiny, child. You see what I did there? Yeah, I do. I do see <laughs> what you did there. I always love a good Beyoncé reference. Yeah. Well, you know. As you know, like a, I am in, an emotional intelligence practitioner, mm-hmm. and for the last couple of weeks at work, one of the things I've been doing is is performing these leadership surveys on emotional intelligence with people in the workplace. And for for parents, I think it's also a really good tool. Maybe if you have the opportunity to kind of check in and and take some sort of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. assessment, if in the workplace or even with people in your life, um, in your community. But what was interesting is I was giving these results to a couple of leaders at my organization and I had to remind them, I said, emotional intelligence. And when we do these survey results. You are being rated and reviewed by people who are your direct reports or your peers and people that you work with every single day. What that tells you is not. How emotionally intelligent you are, how empathetic you are, how understanding and self-aware. But what it is, it's how they perceive you to be in certain circumstances. Yes. And every time I was at work and giving certain, they were like, well, I don't understand. What do you mean? I said, here, here it is right here. Let me just explain to y'all. Here at work, people think I'm this generous, kind, loving, funny individual, which I am. And (laughs) podcast people probably think that too. All right. My 13-year-old son thinks I am the meanest, angriest, (laughs) unfunniest. And remember, he told everyone on the podcast how unfunny I am. Not funny. Person. So it's the lens from which he sees me and the fact that in different situations, we demonstrate different types of behaviors to different people. Yes. He totally sees me as a killjoy. Yes. Um, Which is sad because I said to my husband, I was like, you know, I really wish that he could see the fun me. I really wish he could have seen, you know, Kanji surga 2002. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. I, I, it's funny that you set that up because I was thinking about labels and why I think, and, and please know, I don't 100% exclude myself because there are things and topics that I have hard times letting go of. But <laughs> in general, I have let go of some of these labels. And... I think we get caught up in what it means to be a mom. And we forget that we are a human standing next to another human. And we go, I am a mom and he is my son. Mm -hmm. And that means something. So that means that I behave this way and he sees me this way and I only see him this way. And there's no room for like a human connection there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think when you mention this topic and, and how we find joy in motherhood, like the most joyful moments I have with my son are when we're just two people, like having a funny conversation or singing the same song in the car or having a fun experience together. where We're walking down the street. We notice the same thing and we just joke around about it. And I'm not his mom and he's not my kid in that moment. We're like just two people that are having this funny experience together or this, you know, shared experience. Those are the joyful moments for me and i know for a fact because i've had this experience and i've done a lot of work in this area for myself that we often lose those opportunities when we put on a a mask because of a label. And yeah. we go, "Oh, well, i'm his mom, so this is how we act together" as opposed to like, "I'm two, we're just two people having a fun experience." You know what i mean?
0: Yeah, that's that's actually really really good and and it's a chance for us to remember like so many times when i'm around other moms we, we talk about how happy we are when we're not around our kids. Right. You know, and it's just like, it's like mom's night out,
1: girl's night out, yeah. or time away from our family. And and there is this... We like compartmentalize this personality to only have it when we're away from these people. Yeah. Like,
0: why can't we be yeah. whole, <laughs> you know? And I think one of the reasons is, is because when we are around our, our children and our partners, sometimes that is what the identity that leads first, right? So like when we're by ourselves, we can be Kanji, we can be Tara, we can be whatever. But when we're in these situations with your partner, it's I'm Roman's mom, I'm Joe's wife. Mm. And because of the roles, I think the traditional roles that that I know that I'm a part of in that system, Mm -hmm. in that space, I tend to be the supporter, And when kanji's by herself, then Kanji can get supported. Yeah. Does that make
1: sense? It does make sense. Yeah.
0: Yes. And it's like, I think for so, so often, like when we're in situations with our, our partners, our kids, or even our parents, if we're in a caregiving situation and sometimes even friends, it's we're so worried about how other people are feeling and reacting and being that soft space for them to land mm-hmm. that we don't get the opportunity to do that. So. I think for me, that's one of the reasons where why I kind of like to step back and disconnect and mm. be in a situation where I don't have to worry about that. And that's not my identity because I can then just be wild and out, right? <laughs> if yeah. I need to. No, I get that too. You know, without fear of how another person is either going to react or they might need me in that situation. And if that's the case, I'm just constantly on 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 eggshells. I'm walking on eggshells and I feel this angst um and i don't feel that that joy in those moments because i'm just occupied with a sense of of worry and concern and so, what you said, Tara, makes all the sense in the world to me. I'm just like wondering, like how do how do we put that into practice? Right? right.
1: How do we make this happen? Right? Because it's a good idea, but but what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, when I work on this, and it, I mean, it is something that I work on pretty regularly, and I've it's a tool that I learned through you know just years of some therapy and recovery work. But I get very specific about the label and the expectation. Like, I have a written exercise I do where, oh, I'm feeling resentful or i'm feeling fearful or i'm feeling anxious what is that about and it's often and then i have like i may even see if i can find this where we can share it with you guys there's several different categories i look at it which is um uh, from a sex standpoint like uh oh, I'm anxious because I believe a real woman only supports her spouse and doesn't ask for support back. So uh, could I let that go? Could I let go of that expectation? Or I'm, you know, angry because a child is supposed to respect their parents at all times and I'm not getting that respect. Well, obviously that's an expectation I have. And now I have this resentment and that's not real. Um, So I get very specific about what the label is that I'm feeling about and what expectation of have assigned to that label. And then once I take that, I make it opposite. And then I can find the fear related to that. So, you know, if my expectation is a child is supposed to respect their parent, then my fear is that I'm not going to be respected. Right. Yeah. And so can I get honest about what that fear is? And if that's how I feel, what do I think is going to happen if that's true? And is it true? So I'm getting real into the weeds here, guys. So I love it. I, I should have gotten my psychology degree at some point, <laughs> but that's where I start the exercise, right? You have to acknowledge the label, acknowledge the expectation, acknowledge if that's true or false and and really dig into what that fear is about. And if you can get real about that, I can often find that I can unwind myself from those moments. And it takes some practice. But eventually, like now I can kind of get into it where I'm like, Oh, I think I'm supposed to act a certain way right now because of this. But that's not true. And I'll just kind of let that go.
0: That's genius. That's great. And your advice is such a gift. And it's free. I love it. (laughs) You're welcome. I I don't need to pay for my (laughs) therapy session this week because I got you. (laughs) And it's relevant because sometimes like when I was looking, I remember when we were planning this episode, it's like, well, let me look, let me Google, like, Mm -hmm. how do you find the joy? And there's some concepts out there or ideas like, oh, make a list or, you know, wear bright colors, take a bath, (laughs) play your favorite song. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. What do I do when where I am as a mom? It's hard. Mm. I'm in it. I feel stuck sometimes. Like, what do I do? And so what you just shared with me and with our audience, I think, is just pure gold. So thank you. So that's why we keep you around. I mean, I, I come up with stuff sometimes.
1: <laughs> I can't even take full credit for that. But I, I it is something that I was taught.
0: <laughs> well, and if you decide to go back to school, which you probably will,
1: because you're going to be like, what do I do now? At some point. I'm very listless right now. and
0: wandering. Well, you know me. I am forever getting certifications. Right. And, I didn't tell you. You didn't. I got another one. Oh, no. Just this week. What is it? So... In addition to doing, you know, um, a lot of the corporate philanthropy work and the DEI work that I do, I'm still an active attorney. I renewed my license for another
1: year. Of course. Yes. Never let go of that. And <laughs> <I know>. that <laughs> costs a lot of money. So keep it going. That piece of paper was <laughs> that most, is worth the coin. That is the most expensive receipt <laughs> ever, ever.
0: Right. No. So I was, I, you know, I'm doing a lot of this work and and I'm doing, I'm still doing consulting. But I said, well, you know what? There is such an interplay. There is just this correlation between like diversity and inclusion work. In and well being. And so I actually just got certified as a corporate well being specialist. You did? I know, right? That's kind of brilliant for you. <laughs>
1: I mean, it completely makes sense.
0: Well, you know, because talk about like organizational culture and how can you develop cultures and what does this well-being practice look like? And how can we kind of like bring these programs in when we're looking at diversity and inclusion? A lot of it is changing mindsets and Mm. behavior. And so much of that is around um, resilience. And I think that there is just this huge compatibility
1: between these programs. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, too, what I love about that is... I think people think culture sometimes and they get really into the perks mm-hmm. and they don't think about, you know, supporting a whole human is right. such a huge part of a good workplace culture yeah so i love that for you and i'm sure that you're brilliant at it obviously well we'll see I'm, and just... I'm sure you did it in half the time that you're supposed to take right they said it's gonna take six weeks and kind of said how about three days because that's how you do i know they were like, <laughs> like you gotta do
0: all these modules and we'll give you 90 days i was like i'm just done <laughs> I'm, d- I'm just gonna do it over the weekend because i didn't have any puzzle i was done with all the wordles yeah. so i was like i'm done yeah. oh so before we sign up yep we have the Wordle, we have Quartal, yes. and my kid has found this whole group of things. There's Global, where you kind of like find the, the country on the oh, map. Oh, no,
1: wor- that's Worldle. So I do that one. You do Worldle, where you have, they show you like a country, and you have to guess what country it is. Uh, no, this one's a little is different. It different. Yeah, okay. it's like you
0: have to, you guess a country and then it shows you it, how close you are to it on the oh, map. Oh, so it's, it, maybe
1: there's another, it sounds very similar, yeah. but the one I've done like that is called Worldle. There's so many of them. Have you done Hurdle? No, where you listen to snippets of a song and you have so many snippets to guess it, like name that tune. Mm-hmm. But you get like three seconds, and then if you don't get it in that first one, you get the next three seconds, and then and then finally you try to get it before like six it's times. A- yeah, it's hard. Oh, I can't wait. And I'll have to send you that one because I know you'd be good at it. And then there's framed where you have to guess the movie in snippet frame images. There's a bunch of them out. There. Yeah. I don't have time for that many. I'm looking at you all <laughs> kinds of sideways. Like, how do you have the time? I don't do those. I do Wordle and I do cordle about once a week. I don't have time for it every day. Mm. And I've dabbled in those others, but I don't play them every day. Yeah. I just
0: see them out there. Because time is, you know, who knows how we are able to do the <laughs> things we do. There is this saying that if you want something done give it to a woman. If you want something done well and right, give it to a busy woman. Yes, ma'am. So that's why we give you all the things, Tara. (laughs) And we know that time it's limited and it is our greatest resource. And the time that we spend with our families does and can and should continue to spark joy in us. And there are times when it may not and that's okay. Because at the end of the day, at the end of it all there is joy just being a part of the journey and being mindful to be as present as possible. So I thank you Tara for the tips that you gave us and podcast family. I thank you for taking the time, not playing Wordle, but listening to Tara and I have a conversation about this aspect of our motherhood journey. As always, we appreciate you taking the time to tune in.
1: You may have heard earlier Kanji reference an episode where Roman said she wasn't funny. And if you haven't heard that one, you got to go back. All of our podcast episodes are on your favorite listening platforms. Make sure you follow us so you don't miss any new ones. We're kind of going fast and furious this season and just having some fun conversations with Kanji and I right now, but we promise we've got some upcoming guests and some topics that you're going to love. So make sure you don't miss one. If you have a minute, you can rate and review us, we love to read those too.
0: Sounds good, Tara. And we'll do. And with that podcast family, we are going to sign off this week. We will be back next week with another new episode this season. Guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. Take good care, podcast fam.